Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org slash match to maximize your gift today. Welcome to Florida Matters More, the podcast for Florida Matters, WUSF public media show about the issues and events that Floridians care about. I'm Robin Sessingham, host of Florida Matters. You can hear Florida Matters Tuesday evenings at 6.30 and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7, streaming on WUSFnews.org. Well, this week on Florida Matters, we're speaking with Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd. Grady Judd has been sheriff of Polk County since 2004 and has made a national name for himself with outspoken views on issues like cyberbullying and marijuana and mental health and school security. He's the president of the Major County Sheriffs of America and past president of the Florida Sheriffs Association, and he was appointed to a commission looking at school safety after the mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. We recently sat down with Sheriff Judd at his offices in Winter Haven. I wanted to ask you about the detention facility in Avon Park. Uh, the D- Department of Juvenile Justice runs a detention facility in Avon Park called Highlands Youth Academy. There was a riot there in 2013. You have indicated that operations there had basically run amok and might be indicative of a bigger problem across the state. Do you have evidence that that kind of a incompetence is happening elsewhere in the state at these kinds of residential facilities? Well, first off, when we started this investigation, we had already had some minor events there that we put them on notice about. And the Department of Juvenile Justice contracts with private, with private outsourcing. Philosophically, I don't think we should outsource our children to a third party that makes profit. There's some things the government ought to do and ought to do right. So to me, that needs to be drawn back in, and it needs to be directly under Department of Juvenile Justice. Well, from there, we had a riot. The old superintendent actually had the nerve to get on television and say, oh, there was no riot here. Well, I was there, and I know a riot when I see it, and it was a riot. So the state attorney then took them to the grand jury with our deputies testifying and did a presentment against them. You know what their solution was? They changed the name of the facility. They took the bob wire off the top. And it was deja vu all over again. So then we came back and did another investigation where the staff was having sex with the children, where there were batteries and aggravated batteries and there were tests of wills. And we charged criminally the staff the administration all the way to the top Mm -hmm. of now some of those administrators had already left or quit or been fired later on at the end of the day they were not operating in the best interest of the children and i can tell you i believe in being tough on crime make no mistake about it but when we take these children and we put them into these residential programs, we're putting them there not because we're mad at them, but because we love them. We want them to get training and help so they can correct their criminal beliefs. And that wasn't happening. 
and they ignored that presentment, and it didn't get tuned up the right way until we started locking people up in jail. Is that litigation going on now, or have people and, actually Unless been... they've pled out. I haven't followed that recently, but the arrest weren't all that long ago, so... I think it was late last year. Yes, so it probably is still under underway at this time. And, and the state has now contracted with a different private organization to run that facility. Right. And I don't know if there's been any improvement. Have you noticed anything? At least maybe they're letting people call law enforcement. That was one part of it. They weren't letting they weren't people even, let call law enforcement when they were being no, battered by inmates. They or, prohibited staff from calling law enforcement when there were problems. Mm-hmm. And they hid information. And when we asked them why, they said, well, if we wrote all this down, Department of Juvenile Justice would pull our contract away from us. Here's the bottom line. I'm all for saving money. I mean, I am frugal. My wife calls me cheap. (laughs) But there's some things you don't outsource. And you don't outsource children to third-party enterprises without direct overview by the Department of Juvenile Justice, meaning daily. So either Department of Juvenile Justice does it themselves, which I would prefer, that they house the house and run the residential programs and then bring in any experts they need from the outside in to do the contract training. It's a whole lot easier to hold people responsible that way. And nobody expects a perfect system, but we've got to run it the best we can, and it certainly can be run better than it is. Yeah, it was a nightmare what was going on out there. It was beyond description. Words don't describe what we had to do in order to protect the children that were supposed to be in a program learning how not to commit crime. Kind of reminds you of um, what was going on up in Mariana. Yes. I, I can't say it was to that extent because as far as I know, no children died. But I can tell you that children are very difficult to supervise to teach if you've ever raised any you know what i'm talking about so you have to have intensive programs in the best interest of the children with lots of oversight and lots of checks and balances and that wasn't happening as we speak a highlands county sheriff's deputy is in critical condition They don't expect him to survive. He probably won't make it through the day. He was shot in the line of duty. Yes. How do you attract and retain good people for this job? The men and women that do this job do it because they love the community, and we respect the rule of law, and we respect people's constitutional rights. But we know statistically that the people... In the, if you look at the entire population, the people that want to work in government at all are minuscule. And then the percentage of those that want to enter into law enforcement are down into the half a percent, one percent, two percent of society. It's difficult. But the people we have are the best and the brightest and they're dedicated and they'll stand in the gap between good and evil because they want to protect the community, and they do every day. 
but this kind of circumstance just breaks your heart are the two young deputies in Gilcrest County who were simply sitting at a restaurant eating when a guy walked up and murdered both of them. That's evil in the flesh. Do you think there's something in the culture right now that's encouraging this, or has this just always happened? It's always been here. We've not had social media and worldwide media and 24-7 coverage to recognize that. It's always been here. In fact, when I first came out on the road from the communications center in 1974, that was one of the highest years of deputies dying in the line of duty that we've had since I've worked mm. in law enforcement. So it's always been here. Evil has always been with us. But, you know, with the technology and equipment and training and what we know now, we can and have reduced the probabilities of law enforcement deaths. But we've got to, we've got to take all of our talents working together and make a safer community every day. And we've done that in Polk County. Our crime here is at a 46-year low. Our per capita crime is 40% lower than the statewide average. It's because we've used that same social media that kind of gins up the crazies. We've used that same media to draw our community together. Talk about the media. You don't seem to mind a media attention. Um, you've, you've used it well how does it help you in your job well you know the most dangerous place in polk county is if you stand before me in a television camera <laughs> stand between you and yes <laughs> i've heard that so at the end of the day what we have found is that if you communicate with the community and say we need help and here's what we're doing i mean we i work for the community for the public the, they are, they pay my salary they have a right to know what we're doing to protect them and keep them safe. And that's why our crime rate is so very low. When you look at our crime rate, we're blessed. But it's not just the men and women of the sheriff's office. It's this wonderful community that when they see something or hear something, they say something. And when we can intervene before the event takes place, we keep crime from occurring. Let me ask you one more thing. Um, by all accounts, when you first became sheriff in 2004, uh, sheriff's deputies were leaving for the police department because the pay was higher. Um, and there doesn't seem to be that problem anymore. You're retaining people in the sheriff's department. Morale seems to be high. How, how have you achieved that? Thank you very much. Well, it's just working with the community. Once again, we, we have the pay where it needs to be. You've got to be competitive. Are you competitive now with the police department? We absolutely are competitive. In fact, I think we pay a little more than the police department oh, that to, helps. to begin with. Yeah. But the bottom line is all we have to be is competitive. And then you have to create an environment and encourage and listen to the deputies. I coach every day with our supervisors and administrators. And here's my statement. The deputies aren't working in our world we're supervising in their world. And we listen to our deputies and our support staff. We get them engaged in everything we do. And before I sign off on a policy or procedure, I do a peer review and I send it out to every person in the organization and say, hey, is there anything we've forgotten here? 
tell us what you think about this new policy or practice or is is there some ideas we've missed and then once they all peer review that then we tweak it and that's how we develop policy so every day i wake up and say how can i create a better environment for my deputies so that they can do a better job to support and protect the community i'm going to say yeah. thank you I don't understand why we don't do this like once a month or so because i have an opinion about everything <laughs> Bethpole County Sheriff Grady Judd. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Listen to Florida Matters Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 7.30 a.m. on WUSF 89.7. And you can always find it online at WUSFnews.org. I'm Robin Sessingham. Come back next week for another episode of Florida Matters More. And subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. 